on BYU Sports Nation beat UConn by 17-plus. Check. Taysom Hill's Heisman campaign underway after a 5-TD performance. Maddich Monday premieres in the 2014 BYU football season. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us live. Plus, the new non-P5 top five rankings and BYU Sports Nation karma hits the NFL. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Hope everyone is enjoying a nice Labor Day. Monday, September 1st, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, the man who predicted a win over UConn by 17-plus. Yeah, a long time ago, too. <laughs> Connecticut was terrible. No, BYU played a good game. By the way, this just in. Taysom Hill, uh, Offensive FBS Player of the Week, Bronson Kafusi, Defensive FBS, Independent, I should say, Independent, Players of the Week. Oh, for a second, I was like, wow, Taysom the Hill was FBS? the guy? Yeah, mm. Independent, you're right. Certainly, Four he, teams. he had... Uh, you know, a resume that was that was worthy of at least consideration for the best performance by a college quarterback, other than Texas A and M's Army, Navy, and Notre Dame. Hmm. Yep. That's independent. Yeah. 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 I got gotcha. you. Great. Awesome. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Let me take you back to last Labor Day. It began a new era of broadcasting here at the BYU Broadcasting Facility. Day one of BYU Sports Nation on radio only at the time, after the Virginia loss. Boy, it feels good to do it a year later and come off a win. <laughs> yeah, I, our uh, our show was kind of like Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Why? Yeah, it was like that. My life is over. This is terrible. A little different one year later. Tomorrow's our uh, one-year anniversary. Yes. September 2nd. September 2nd of last year. We started on Labor year. Day, but September 2nd. One year tomorrow. It's the fastest year of my life, seriously. Show 262 today, by the way. So, I mean, wow. we have to have some weekends off, right? We should also. Yeah, the bat fell down. It always <laughs> falls down on the set here. I'm like, what just made a thud there? Uh, Sports Illustrated reporting, uh, based on an orangeblood.com uh, report, Dominic Espinoza, the Texas center, broke his right ankle on can Saturday that, in the North Texas victory. Can more things go wrong in the offseason? Bring it on. I don't care. Let's go. This is this is the biggest game of uh, BYU's schedule. I can't wait. We'll break down Connecticut, Texas, uh, you know, this week, but. This is a big week for BYU. We'll hear what Texas. Charlie Strong thinks about Taysom Hill in just a moment. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN with today's Twitter question. And let me pull it up somewhere. Let's see. Uh, what was your immediate takeaway from BYU's win at Connecticut? Use the hashtag BYUSN. So immediate reaction. On what were you thinking Friday night after you watched BYU win 35-10 in East Hartford, send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation simulcast in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV now, one year later. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Mission accomplished. You came, you con, you conquered. Nice. BYU wins 35-10 over the Huskies of Connecticut on the road. They... Get rid of that whole spell, dispel like the, the rumors that they can't play on the East Coast to open the season. They can't score points. They broke all of those trends. Connecticut's different than the other schools this that BYU is, would play. This is true. But were and they BYU di- played way more efficiently. Were they different than Mississippi, though, in 2011? 
Like Mississippi I'm telling a you, bad SEC versus Connecticut. Mississippi like, was a bad football team that year. They were not good. But Connecticut's worse than okay. We're not having this discussion. Yes. Let's talk about Connecticut. <laughs> like, All I'm saying is the offense comfortable. Wait, this this just in by the way. I, another thing: Charlie Strong announces quarterback David Ash will not play versus BYU this week. That's according to Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune. Wow. Okay. Okay. So no starting center, David and Ash. B Davis AAS on Twitter. Wow. Okay. No David Ash. That's big. That's big news for BYU. Tyrone Swoops is their backup. Barely played last year. Guess what? Okay. We're, we're going to have Listen. a ton to talk wow. about this okay. week. Okay, we were about to break down Connecticut. Let's pause that for a second. BYU uh, is going to play Texas with no David Ash and no starting center, Dominic Espinosa, who had started every game the first three years of his career at center on an inexperienced this year offensive line. He was the guy. Not to mention your a, battery, de- a depleted running back core. Your bat- well, they still have uh, Grand Brown, but th- their battery is out. Holy mackerel. Okay, opportunity for BYU this Saturday at Texas. Last year's game uh, makes this year's game really big for Texas fans, the payback, all of that. BYU looked very efficient. Not sure what to take from Texas's performance against North Texas, and now we hear this. Well, there you Interesting. go. Interesting. BYU building momentum. Go in there and win. At Connecticut. Go do it. They have a second straight row game at Texas. In one of the dynamic places to play a college football game in Austin, where the heart of college football is, Woo. without their starting center, and now without David Ash. Concussion-like symptoms after a big hit. He battled that, missed most of last year. It started in the Texas game, got knocked out of the Texas game by BYU. That was the beginning of the end for David Ash last season. And now they're going to hold him out against BYU. If I'm Texas, that's, that's the move I make, because you have more important Big 12 yeah, games UCLA coming, coming the, the week after BYU. Le- even then, you're worried about Big 12 play more than you are your non-conference schedule. BYU feeling confident, but why should they feel confident moving into the Texas game? Transition. Regardless of whether David Ash is going to play or not, or yeah. if they have a broken ankle to their starting center or not. I'll tell you why. It's because the offense was three words in my mind, Jerem. Comfortable. Yes. Efficient and methodical. I, I, I dare say blue goggle alert from Friday. Oh, <laughs> the offense. Oh. <laughs> they were great. They were great. Hey, first half, they were tremendous. Second half, yeah. you just get seven points. But guess what? You, you put up 35 where you've struggled. Under Bronco, you scored 16 a game in season openers. BYU brought it and looked good. I feel great about where BYU's at on offense and T- defense. Taysom Hill connected with nine different receivers. He committed no turnovers. 28 for 36 Woo! passing. Oh! Blaine Fowler's bold prediction on countdown to kickoff was 65% plus. It was better than that, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Give it to him, Jerem. Sports! 77.8. Taysom Hill completed 77.8% of his passes on Friday. That was awesome. Through the blue goggles, it looks like he might go for 100% (laughs) against Texas. 100%. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No. Uh, uh, so he has, what, eight incompletions? At least two or three of those were throwaways. Yeah. yeah. The Mitchell Jurgens one is almost a catch. So he was quite efficient. I was very pleased with the simplicity of the execution of the offense. It may, Taysom made it look easy. Connecticut didn't blitz a ton. They didn't put pressure on Taysom. I think we're going to see a lot more pressure on Saturday from Texas to make him make a play, make him make a decision. But he also ran for 97 on 12 carries. It wasn't 31 carries like Washington. 
It was efficient. 12 for 97. Year two, baby. Year two of Go Fast, Go Hard. Career high, five touchdowns accounted for for Taysom Hill. There were a couple of specific things that really impressed me with his performance. The first is that moment of adversity that BYU faced. They're up 21 to nothing. Mitch Matthews fumbles. UConn marches right down the field 50-something yards in like a minute and a half and they bowl their way into the end zone. The crowd is all of a sudden back into it. I immediately look down the sideline to see, okay, how does, how does BYU respond to this? You're on the field. Where's Taysom Hill? So I am looking at the sideline, looking at Taysom Hill, and I see him with a smile on his face, slapping high fives with his guys like, let's go. I could read his mouth. Let's go score a touchdown. Let's go score a touchdown. We're and good. they did. We're good. He goes right down the field. Tarrant Houck makes an unbelievable Great acrobatic play, play the down game. the sideline. Play the game. BYU goes back up 28-7. The game, I mean, the game is over at that point. Just the wind is entirely taken out of the sails of the crowd yet again. And I thought, wow, wow, we, we, have, we have something special here. We have a leader. Taysom Hill, it's now, it's his team. It's his team. It was last year, I thought, even with, even with Van Noy and Hoffman. Who's, who has the ball the most? That guy naturally will lead you. But Taysom is a vocal guy. And when he can be as efficient as he is, that is confidence. In the, the defense uh, takes that too. Like, okay, they're going to put up points. And when the defense gets a 14 nothing lead like that, it's over. The game-winning play came five minutes into the game. BYU did not need more points after the Mitch Matthews score. In baseball and soccer, that's a huge stat. Like, oh, what was the game-winning run, game-winning goal? That came from Mitch Matthews, that touchdown catch, five and a half minutes into the game. Ball game. Here, here's the difference, though, between Taysom last year and this year. Even though he was a leader, because they had Van Noy and Hoppen, those guys, just by who they are, quiet, though. Were, were leaders. But they, would not, they, they weren't the guys to get vocal. They're gone now. And that's now. fine. It's all Taysom Hill now. It is his team. The second thing that really impressed me were, was his ability to adjust on the fly. BYU prepared for something and got another thing entirely different. And we, we asked him after the game, what were, what were the different looks that you were seeing? I asked him during this interview, and this was his response. I wasn't expecting as much man, so first, second down, did a lot of drop eight. We tried to take some shots early, and um, you know, credit to them, they, their corners, they just belled, safety's over the top, so um, we were able to take the underneath stuff, which uh, you know, translated in points. Great teams adjust on the fly, and BYU did that. So they prepared for one thing, got an entirely different look, and Taysom Hill was able to be efficient regardless. That's very impressive. I am loving that. Plus, there were these new guys that we had kind of seen in fall camp, but that everyone got introduced to. Jurgens, Hauk, Pearson, who got, had an AC separation, by the way. Leslie. I mean, va- various guys. Uh, Jeremiah Leota Duyer gets the start at linebacker, causes a fumble on the first play. Bang. So this is the new-look BYU team. 1-0. You won by 25. Now you go to a wounded Texas, and there is, man, opportunity in caps right there. Bronco Mendenhall certainly loved Taysom Hill's performance against Connecticut and has to feel good about the prospect of moving forward to Texas. Here's what Bronco said after the game on Taysom. Taysom was poised. He was execution sound. He was very productive, and he was very confident. I love the way he played. How could you not love the way that Taysom Hill played? I mean, what, what do you criticize? He was fantastic. There he, were... he almost went 300-100. 308-97. He was great. Our Twitter question today, what is your initial reaction after the BYU-UConn game the response. Let's go to that Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Big D Dan 11, my initial reaction after the UConn opener, solve those penalties. 
Too many stop the offense from scoring more. Okay, so there there is the issue. 15 for 150 yards. Yeah, the refs were a little flag happy. Also, Blaine Fallon made a great point on the postgame show Friday night. The longer BYU runs a play that Taysom kind of scrambles and looks, the more likely it is that BYU will hold on that play. That happened quite yeah, a bit because a they were dropping everybody. Like I said, we saw more man. And he said credit to them for doing that, but he was still able, despite 150 yards and penalty yards, to lead his team to a 35-10 victory. And with no Jamal, Devon Blackman, Robertson Daniel, Jordan Johnson, those freshman <laughs> corners I thought back. did well, Jordan Prater and uh, sophomore Michael Davis. At UCLA grad 90. We kicked butt on ESPN. <laughs> if you're Jamal new to the show, that, is, yeah, that, that yeah. is Jamal Williams' mother, Nicole. At UCLA grad. Heck yeah! Use the hashtag BYUS and keep those responses coming. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation. Daniel yeah. Sorensen makes the Kansas Made City the Chiefs. I texted him and he texted me back. He said this, thanks Spencer, means a lot. Me and Wit, his wife, are excited. Thanks for all the karma! Hashtag white safety. <laughs> he did it! That's awesome. He did it. Congratulations to Daniel Sorensen. More on BYU and Connecticut after this, plus Maddich Monday returns. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B, reunited after a successful road trip to Connecticut. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to this in a minute, but what did you bring? Okay. Uh, hey, there's a reason that Spencer looks better than me. One, he looks better than me. Two, there's a women's <laughs> soccer game. There's a women's soccer game today, 3 Eastern. That's coming up in about 2 hours, 45 minutes, live on BYU TV. Baylor against number 23 BYU, who got their first victory, at, unlike Utah State football, at Tennessee on Friday night. I needed to model my outfit choice after the efficiency of BYU football on Friday night, where, you know, I, I come and I just... I'm confused. All I need to do is put on a tie and a suit jacket. And bang. Yeah, there you go. Instead That's of it? having to change the whole outfit. I was like, linear, like organized. I don't know where you're <laughs> oh going. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Hey, at F. Ruiz 801. When we did the show initially on the radio, F. Ruiz 801 was a BYU Sports Nation super fan. He got a, a new job or a new schedule or something. He couldn't watch as much. Today's a holiday. He said, it's great to listen and watch you guys live again. Time for some Maddich. He was That's one of, right. He was for sure one of, the, one of the first three guys yeah. to tweet into the show. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome back on a holiday. Our Twitter question today is surrounding BYU and UConn. What was your initial reaction to the result on Friday night? At Collie underscore 171. The offense is much better. Let, let's let's do this. Let's start a new Twitter poll. What's your what's your reaction to BYU's chances of now winning this game without Ash and Espinosa? And we learned a moment ago, Dajay Johnson, a speedster at receiver, also still suspended, and safety Josh Turner. They are a wounded animal that BYU, I think, okay, the line was three and a half coming out of the weekend for Texas. My goodness. That's gonna it's gonna be one when all is said and done with those differences. What do you think of BYU's chances? Use the hashtag BYUSN of winning in at Texas now with those with those injuries. Tyrone Swoops, the the backup who will now start, first career start, 6'4, 243. Having watched him a little bit last year uh, in the spring game leading up to BYU playing Texas uh, in Provo, I was not impressed. He was yeah. the third string guy, uh, not mobile, 243, you're just not going to move around. Uh, decent arm, okay. I'm I think BYU's got a tremendous shot to go down and win now in Austin. I thought before I thought they would be competitive. A win would be really nice. 
I'm going to be disappointed if BYU doesn't win this. At Andy underscore Staples, who writes uh, about college football for Sports Illustrated. He says this, and now, and now he's chimed in on this, Jim. Remember, Texas also lost center Did he use the hashtag Don Espinosa to a broken ankle on Saturday. New quarterback and new center against BYU. So now the national pundits are all becoming tied in on this. Does BYU now all of a sudden become a favorite? Can the line change that much? Maybe. Maybe. Wow. I, I still think BYU needs to go in there crazy hungry and with tons to prove. Listen. Whether BYU likes it or not, this is a showcase audition for the Big 12. Over, uh, last week, who was it? Gary Danielson talked to a radio station, uh, a CBS commentator. He and is the, the color analyst for CBS's SEC, SEC profile game of the week. He said that the best thing for a team like BYU and Central Florida, or whatever, would, the non-P5s, would be that the Big 12 does not get into the college football playoff, and then they immediately react to try and increase strength of schedule within the conference, get a conference title game, and go from there. This is an audition, whether BYU likes it or not, and whether it really is, for perception of getting into the Big 12. The only hiccup there is if they decide to let the Big 12 have a championship game with just 10 teams. Right. But national perception, the court of public opinion, if BYU does it again against Texas, even if they're wounded, that helps a ton. National perception. Back on BYU Sports Nation, Trevor Maddich. It's another Maddich Monday. Welcome back. Welcome back. Nice to have you back on the show, man. Great to be back. That means the Cougars are out and playing football. Absolutely. And you know what? Last year when we debuted Maddich Mondays, we were coming off of a loss to Virginia. Boy, it feels better to come off of a win at (laughs) UConn. Oh, no kidding. I mean, listen, that, that... I, listen, I'm nothing against UConn, but they're not very good. And BYU pretty much manhandled them without, without you know, their, their maybe fastest receiver in Devon Blackman, their two starting corners, their best running back. That all bodes well. But I'll tell you this. There are people that say that teams that schedule, you know, lighter opposition in the opening weeks of the season are, are wrong, and they should schedule big, heavy opposition. I think that's wrong. I think it's better, especially if you're breaking in a bunch of new players, to schedule a winnable game so you can get up to speed because you're going to be a different team in October and November than you are in September if you've got a lot of new moving parts. And BYU has a lot of new moving parts, especially in the skill positions. What stuck out to you the most, Trevor, from BYU's win against Connecticut? Well, what stuck out the most was that the passing game was actually working really well. And that's very important. They didn't take a lot of shots down the field. But they did have four receivers that had a, at least one catch of over 25 yards, and most of that was catch and run. But you could see as the game wore on that offensive coordinator Robert and I called more plays for Taysom to throw the ball deeper down the field. Last year they weren't able to do that, partly because of the receivers and partly because of the protection. But this year they've got speed on the outside. I mean speed on the outside. And so I like the fact that they, that they were taking some shots, not deep, 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 but farther down the field than they did most of the time last year because that will open up everything. Trevor Mattis, ESPN college football analyst and 1984 national champion center for BYU football, joining BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill, 28 for 36, 77.8% passing. Why do you think Taysom was so effective on Friday night, Trevor? Well, a couple of reasons. One is that he spent time in the offseason with a quarterback guru and was working on technique that he was not able to work on last year. And the reason he wasn't was because there was no time to work on technique. I spent some time with him this spring, and he talked about how you know, he holds the ball is different, how he, how he 
loads and throws the ball is different. His footwork has been tuned up. And so when you combine those fundamental techniques with better protection, it gives him a chance to be more accurate and more consistent. Now you throw in the fact that there are receivers that are dangerous, and UConn's secondary looked like they were playing to keep everything in front of them. I mean, they, they weren't attacking at the line of scrimmage and pressing at the line of scrimmage as much as we saw from other teams last year against BYU's offense, and that helped as well. But in terms of the things that Taysom has improved on himself, I think that technique and that extra coaching to get him into a position to be able to have more consistency with his motion is really going to help him. How much credit for the passing game is maybe deserved to the offensive line and their play, who only gave up one sack? Well, a lot of it. You know, it was funny. I I like to watch the quarterback's feet, and in watching this game, Taysom would drop back and put his back foot in the ground, and then it would almost look like his body memory, his muscle memory was at that point, run as fast as he could go. You know, and it was almost like a new thing for him to be able to stay there and move in the pocket instead of having to flee the pocket for his own safety. And so that's one of the things I think that the offensive line really helped him with. One of the fundamentals to watch for, and you know, as we go through this entire season, but watch Taysom's feet and watch how his feet will follow his eyes as he looks and scans from left to right or right to left across the field. Last year, he would look around with his head on a swivel because he was running with his feet. This year, he's more able to have his feet follow his eyes, which allows, again, a more stable platform for better accuracy. Trevor, uh, a few minutes ago, Charlie Strong announced that David Ash is going to miss the game this week with concussion-like symptoms uh, and that Tyrone Swoops will get to start at quarterback. Dominic Espinosa, the center, broke his ankle. Josh Turner, the safety. Uh, Dajay Johnson, receiver, still out, out. Uh, this is a wounded animal, Texas, that BYU has a, has a legitimate shot to go beat. It, I think the line was three and a half. It might be close to even when all is said and done, BYU going to Texas now. Yeah, BYU fans should not breathe a sigh of relief about these injuries. Texas is bent on revenge. Texas is angry. And now they've got a coach that knows how to coach angry. When Charlie Strong was at Louisville, I went up to ask him his first year, what his first role was, and he said he needed to identify his leaders. And what he would do at Louisville, and this is the same thing he's doing at Texas now, is put unfair pressure on his guys, physical but especially mental, during camp, during practice, to see how guys would react. Some guys will fold and they'll wilt. Some guys will complain about how it's unfair and that makes no sense and that's just not right. But other guys will bear down. And they'll redouble their efforts to focus on playing football right with even more intensity and and tighter focus. Those guys are his leaders. Now, he's run a lot of guys off of that team, Uh, guys that were soft, guys that came in thinking that they were entitled, that getting a scholarship to the University of Texas meant that they had arrived. That's one of the reasons Mac Brown got fired, because too many guys came in with that attitude. Charlie Strong will not allow that. And what you will see is about as hardcore a bunch of physical hitters as BYU will see all year long, not because the players are more talented than other players they'll face, but because the attitude has completely changed. So don't think that the road got any easier because some of their starters might be out. It'll still be a brutal game.
It's clear that Charlie Strong wanted to wipe away the notion that Texas is soft and, and they don't like to hit because from day one he came in and had them in hitting drills. They spent a ton of time in fall camp and full pads in, in a lot of physical contact. So certainly BYU should anticipate a physical game. Texas is obviously better than UConn, Trevor. How should the Longhorn defense play BYU differently than UConn did? I expect them to be up at the line. I expect the secondary to press BYU's receivers and don't give them a free release. UConn gave them all kinds of room to get off the line, and that allows for easy throw and catch uh, on short throws. It also allows them to get into their route at full speed without being disrupted. I don't think Texas will allow that. Now, they'll mix it up, but I think they'll want to see how tough BYU's receivers are. Basically, they're going to hit BYU's receivers in the mouth and see if they can make them cry. So we're going to learn a lot about the, about the character and toughness of the, of the perimeter guys on BYU's offense in this game. I also expect them to be incredibly aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Teams that were successful against BYU last year disrupted the offensive line. Now, this offensive line is a lot better, a lot better than they were last year. But at the same time, the formula remains the same. And last year, BYU set all kinds of records running up the rushing yardage against Texas. But when you break down that tape, no disrespect to BYU, but a lot of those long runs were because a Texas player lost his mind and wasn't in his gap. I mean, it was just unbelievable to see the, the utter pathetic performance on alignment and assignment. And so they won't be that way this way. This, this time, in order for BYU to get somebody broken out into the open in the running game, they'll need to actually knock a longhorn out of the way. So I expect this to be a tough, grinding game. How do you expect it to play out, uh, given uh, you know, no David Ash and whatnot, and the way that BYU played a little more efficiently at Connecticut? I think BYU will attack as well. Keep in mind that you know, we talk about the toughness of Texas, but the talent is just not there. This is not a talented team. They have some good skill guys, some very good running backs. Uh, they, they still have some talent on defense. But on the offensive line, that's one place where Texas has really struggled in recent years. In the last five years, guess how many Texas offensive linemen have been drafted into the NFL draft in any round? Zero? Guess how many? Zero. Wow. Not a single one. Wow. And the thing is, Texas is not even the, the exciting program anymore with the buzz. It used to be that Texas high school football – you would think Texas Longhorns first. They got their pick, and then everybody else was fighting for, everybody, for the, the scraps, basically. But now the hot program in Texas is A&M. Absolutely, then yeah. You've got Baylor. And Baylor. And then you've got Coach Cool out there in Lubbock, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> who's, a, who's the so dreamy. most stylish coach in America uh, <laughs> at Texas Tech. And then you've got Texas fourth at best. And so their talent is – and it's been that way for now a little bit, a couple of years. So their talent is enough to be dangerous. But when you look at that offensive line and you ask how the defense would do, I expect, you know, Coach Howell, is, when I look at this game, he, he was pretty aggressive, man. I liked it. I don't like it when defenses sit back and catch everything. I like it when they attack and force the issue. And that's Coach Howell's nature, and he, he's calling the plays now on defense. And, and I think you'll see a lot of aggression at the line of scrimmage to foul up that Texas offensive line. So as you watch this game, look for slants, stunts, and different kinds of aggressive run blitzes on first and second down to wreck their running game and force them into third and long. Common sense would have it that Texas, as you mentioned, is out for revenge. They believe you said bent on revenge. 
after the first quarter and they kind of get into the flow of the game, I, I feel like if BYU can survive the onslaught of the emotion and the craziness early in the game, they absolutely have a great chance to win this game. How do you see BYU surviving the emotions that are going to be so evident and strong early on in Austin? Well, you're absolutely right about that, and I think BYU will be fine. I mean, they may, they may trail. I mean, they, they may go down a touchdown or so because of the, the nature of the emotion of Texas. But at the same time, keep in mind that BYU's players have to face the emotion of Bronco Mendenhall every day in practice. And I've got news for you. There's no emotion quite like Bronco Mendenhall when he's on his game. You know, when, when he's got his blood up, holy smoke. So it's not going to be like they're coming from, you know, a, a bingo hall. All of a sudden they find themselves in a football game. No, they're, they're coming out of the fire into the fire. So it's not going to be much difference there. And keep in mind this, too, because I think BYU fans can look back at this Bronco Mendenhall tough attitude that this team carries on how they did against Oklahoma a few years ago when they played them to open the season down in Dallas at Jerry's World. And, uh, and my, what I said after that game on SportsCenter, by the way, was that BYU took on the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners in an ugly alley fight and beat them up. And then they went back home to their wives and their kids and their, their church meetings. And they taught and that's exactly what happened. I mean, that was, a, that was an ugly, mean brutal game, and BYU was up to it. And they didn't just rise to the occasion. That's the nature of the program. I mean, the, the toughness of, of Coach Mendenhall bleeds down into that entire organization. What's BYU's biggest advantage over Texas? I think their biggest advantage over Texas is the way they can attack the line of scrimmage. You know, I, you know the outside linebackers, there's no more Kyle Van Noy, but, but you know, Bronson Kafusi and the other guys on the outside – we're very disruptive against UConn, and I think they can be that same way against Texas. And when you control the edges on defense, it gives you a lot of options to be able to stop them. So I would think that the, the edges, the outside linebackers of BYU, are where to look for if you're looking for the biggest edge. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst, played 11 years in the NFL on BYU Sports Nation. We call it Maddich Monday. Given that BYU beat UConn by 25, and they, they manhandled the Huskies on a Friday night, on a national platform on ESPN, coupled with maybe if BYU can go into Austin and beat Texas, do you see BYU as a ranked program if they start the season 2-0? and Sure. Yeah, why not? You know, BYU is a national brand. They will not be coming out of nowhere if that happens. People expect BYU to have good seasons. I mean, they expect 10-win seasons out of, out of the program. So, so I think, yes, they'll have a good chance. And, and when you look at it, as an independent, BYU only has one disadvantage, um, and that is that there's no guaranteed access to the access bowls, which used to be called BCS bowls. Right. Now there's contract bowls, access bowls. It's all that same top level. The group of five, which is the non-Power Five conferences, so the Mountain West, MAC, WAC, etc., those folks, the highest ranked among those, the, the group of five, will get a guaranteed spot in, in one of the access bowls. BYU is not considered as one of the group of five. So they could be ranked higher than, say, Boise State, if Boise State ends up ranked the highest of all that group. And BYU still will not have a guarantee. They, they could be invited to play in one of those bowls, but they wouldn't have a guarantee. But now that there's a four-game playoff, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Matter of fact, it's, you know, as long as they can continue to schedule like they've been scheduling, if BYU runs the table, I expect them to be in the conversation to be in the top four. 
So, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played, and there's a lot of things that have to happen. But I think BYU now is in a better chance to make a national championship run than it has been any time since it went independent. Trevor Maddich, it is great to have you back on the program, my friend. Oh, yeah. It's great to be back here. I'm so looking forward to this. And I am so, I am so happy just because as an analyst, I have to call it like I see it, right? Yeah. I have to tell you the truth, and I'll tell you what's good, and I'll tell you what I didn't like and all that stuff. But, but as a guy who played at BYU, I am proud of the way these guys fly around a football field. It sounds good to hear that, given what happened to start the season a year ago. Trevor Maddich of ESPN <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Okay, he brings up a lot of interesting points. The great irony of uh, playing Texas is BYU might start a Texan at center at Texas. T. John Caroma. T. John Caroma, who started the game. Terrence Leto played some at center as well. Of course, people will bring up, you know, Ross Hopple and all that. Ross Hopple did not have a catch against UConn. Uh, but big game. And I, you, you know what? Trevor's, Trevor thinks it's going to be, you know, a, still a tough game. I agree. But BYU's chance to win increased greatly with those guys out. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your reaction on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and the fallout now from the Texas Longhorns. How does BYU get ready for a wounded beast? This is BYU Sports Nation. Hook 'em horns, Matt. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. Bronco Mendenhall told me that he might smile on Friday night during our one-on-one interview. And he delivered. He had a couple of smiles, actually. And why not? You beat UConn by 25. He might be smiling right now with this Texas news about these four players out. Well, it's certainly not going to make him frown because, the, I mean, <laughs> the challenge, yes, does now become more even even playing field, if you want to say it that way. BYU's got a better chance to win. I can't quantify it, but it's better. It is. We welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. We're on BYU Radio simulcast weekdays on BYU TV. If you haven't already, download the show podcast on iTunes. I know a lot of people are grabbing onto that, really enjoying that. It is on demand, or you can grab the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Tomorrow, Tuesday, September 2nd, we need people dressed in blue and white like a game day for a music video shoot at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 6 p.m. Mountain Time, Fictionist. An awesome band is going to be there. We're shooting a new open for Countdown to kick off. We need people there. 6 p.m. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Fictionist. Dress up like it's a game day hangout. You'll be in the music video. It's going to be awesome. Jacob Jones of the band will join us tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation awesome. to talk about that music video shoot. They wrote a song specifically for Countdown to kick off. And it yeah, is, we've heard it, and it sounds really awesome. really cool. Can't wait. Texas starting quarterback David Ash will not play against BYU out with concussion-like symptoms. That, according to his head coach, Charlie Strong, just announced it's blowing up on social media right now. Also, their starting center, Dominic Espinoza, broke his right ankle. He is also out. So now the two guys that call plays consistently for Texas are out. Your center, who's shouting out instructions to all the line, and your quarterback, this is great news for BYU. You don't want people to get hurt, but they are out for the game. Add into that still suspended guys, Dajay Johnson, a trackster, a speed guy, wide receiver, and starting safety Josh Turner. Man, I can't help but think that Texas is less capable and ready for BYU than they were last year. Certainly they're thinking about it a little bit more. They do have the, the whole concept of, well, we're going to pay BYU back. And so they will That's be physical. Great. Who are you doing that with? 
Yeah, that's the thing. I let, trust me. Texas is more talented than BYU. They are. It's not even close, right? Well, that's not well, a, uh, that's not a diss on BYU. Is it? That, it's not even close. I think it is closer just, than we think. Just straight up talent. Yeah, I think it's no. closer than we think. Forty, uh, you know, but speed, regardless, strength, whatever. I don't care. I think that BYU is equal to or a better team. That's what matters. Who cares about how much talent you have? Central Florida more talented than BYU. Talent, quantifiables, all that. Does that matter in the end when you play a team game? Does that matter as much? If BYU gets mad, if BYU players hear this and get mad at me, I don't really care. Listen, BYU crushed Texas last year because they they were a better team. That's what matters. And BYU has got uh, great coaching, good facilities. Uh, the offense is roaring. I mean, BYU's. I'm very excited to see this game now because Texas is wounded. Even if they weren't, BYU was going to be competitive in that game, in my opinion. Tyrone Swoops will now be the starting quarterback, 6'4", 245-pound sophomore. We are not saying that injuries now guarantee a BYU win. No, just a better chance to win. Trevor Maddich of ESPN College Football Analyst, played 11 years in the NFL, just joined us on BYU Sports Nation, and he said, look, they are bent on revenge. I agree 100%. If BYU can survive the storm of emotion early in the game, get through that first quarter, be within three or be within a touchdown and not allow the crowd to take over and be overwhelmed, then the Cougars are going to have a great chance to go and win this game on the road and then get noticed on a big-time national radar. This game is oh so juicy now. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is the biggest game BYU has on its schedule. Whew. It's at Texas. That's what, If you could pencil in like the 10 biggest games BYU could play anywhere across the country, this is in the top 10. Venue. Uh, the tradition of that team, the national prestige. I know that Texas perception is down right now, but they're still Texas. And they're home. And they're home, yes. This is a huge opportunity for BYU. And now that we have the news of these four players that would be starters out, this is a huge opportunity for BYU to go down and win. A couple years ago, three three, uh, years ago, BYU went down there and lost by one. Lost by one with Jake Keeps as a sophomore. The opportunity is there now. Should've and guess what? <sighs> and guess what? BYU actually gets multiple players back. Devon Blackman, Jamal Williams. Roberts who... and Daniel and Jordan Johnson. Marcus <laughs> John. I mean, we, we don't know officially that all these guys are back. We assume Jamal is because he mentioned Connecticut. But the assumption is all these guys are back. That will make a big difference. You talk about Trevor Maddich says, okay, the corners are going to press more. Devon Blackman can get away from that with his speed. Now you're dealing with another top-tier talent. You're dealing with a Texas Longhorn-type five-star recruit in Devon Blackman. Jordan Leslie's from Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Harvey Jackson, he's from Houston. I mean, there are guys that uh, would have maybe loved to get some attention from Texas and did not that will be out to, to earn their spot here. I may have to put on the blue goggles for the next thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> Trevor Maddich during the last segment said this, BYU is more ready for a run at a national championship than they have ever been since 1984 when they did it. Wait, I thought he said when they went independent. Oh, in, sorry, when they yeah. went independent. Yeah. But really, like... Because the playoffs, you're in a better spot than the... But well, it, isn't it the best shot they've had, honestly, setup-wise, since 84, really, when you think about it? Because there's four teams into yes. the national championship. Yes, automatically your chances are way better. Well, it used to be stupid. I mean, as much as you hate the BCS, it at least tried to get one and two together. Because before that, it was just random. If you're the Big Ten champ, you're ranked number one, you're in the Rose Bowl. If you're the 
uh, Big 8 champ back in the day, you're in some other game, right? You wouldn't play each other, and then you both win, and then what? So now it's nice. The college football playoff gives an opportunity for BYU, should they run to the table, to be in the discussion. To me, there's no way they're in. There's no way they're in the final four of that. That's because of the way it's set up. If there are eight, yes, now they're in. And it will be eight at some point. But, the, but next year, if BYU ran the table, now they're in. Clearly. With that schedule, yes. I understand what Trevor is saying. Looking back at their independence resume, this year the schedule, the players, the experience, the exposure they'll have on ESPN, BYU can get noticed and become the darling in the NCAA very quickly. And it starts with Texas. You win that game, you're 2-0, you want a good game on the road. It's different. It, it really is. Like, Northern Illinois didn't ever go and do anything like this. BYU's uh, perceived bigger and better is a better program, and if they win this, they could be ranked next week. That's not, is that even blue goggle? I think that's a rational statement. It is a rational statement. That's what Trevor said. I, the great thing is I have to be true and I have to be an analyst, but this is, they've given me things to talk about, like legitimate, positive things to bring up. I will be disappointed if BYU, uh, one, loses the game, and two, loses by 10-plus. I really think it's going to be a good game. Some tweets coming in. We asked you to assess BYU's chances at Texas now with the announcement of David Ash and uh, Dominic Espinosa, the starting center, both being out. At Kuguzul, not a fan of Ash being out. Hate it when opponents have an excuse when they lose. I don't care what they think. I think what I care what the nation thinks, and what the nation will see is that that Texas lost again to BYU. Then maybe it becomes about BYU as opposed to Texas. Absolutely. But uh, at Cougazool is right. The nation might just be like, oh, well, they had those guys out. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Texas. At Trevor underscore Linton. Boys love catching the show via BYU radio in Vegas. Texas in big trouble. Coug Nation should be amped. All right. Yeah. If you're not excited right now as a BYU fan, I don't know when you would be opportunity there. One, it's Texas. I'm excited no matter what. And two, let's go. Can we play the game right now? I got... Seeing this news has me jacked up right now. (laughs) Let's go. We've got a long week to prepare for BYU at Texas. At DJ Nouts, countdown to Texas today? Hashtag maybe? That brings up a great point. Countdown to Connecticut. Three days ago. What do we do now? <laughs> I'm so, my life is so empty without the countdown to Connecticut. It I, happened. I, you missed the craziness, by the way. Did you I, watch? I watched it. I, oh I experienced gosh. it on my iPhone. I think we still had a piece of. Uh, we had a piece of confetti fall yeah, this morning. It was falling down. No kidding. Yeah. It might still be on the desk somewhere. <laughs> Apparently I had like multiple like in my collar and shirt like through the first segment. <laughs> what, what do we count down to now? We have no idea. Hashtag BYUSN. What do we count down to? I imagine when the offseason starts, we'll count down to Nebraska. It's like we count just down to found, basketball yeah. in Long Beach State? I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Do we have to count down? I don't, I don't know. What do we count down to, if anything at all? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, the top five non-P5 power rankings. And oh, what a shakeup. This is <laughs> BYU Sports Nation. Pull out the goggles. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Today on BYU TV and BYU Radio, watch BYU Women's Soccer on the television screen. 3 Eastern, Spencer Linton on the call, BYU number 23 in the country. Before the rankings come out, I assume maybe tomorrow with holiday, not sure. Uh, Number 23 versus Baylor. 
Bryce Petty and the Baylor Bears come to pro. No. Uh, nope. Women's soccer. BYU TV, BYU Radio. Big game for BYU. How unbelievable is it that Baylor is more of a football power in the state of Texas than Texas? Things are different, man. It's Well, it's like Notre Dame faded, you know, for a while when Pat, the national title game got crushed. Texas. It's a different era. We got some people on Twitter saying, hey, don't get too carried away now. I'm not. L- listen, listen. Do I think BYU is going to go in there and now they're guaranteed to win? No. No. It's going to be. Listen. It's going to be a battle. BYU's chances of winning are better. They're way better. That is a fact. Listen, this is like saying take out Taysom Hill from BYU and play Christian Stewart. It's just going to be different, right? Stewart, I, in my opinion, watching Stewart and what I watched of Swoops last year, Christian Stewart's a better backup quarterback than Swoops. Let's go. Wow. I mean, just, we're, we're ready to go already. Is it Saturday yet? <laughs> Is it Saturday? I got some stuff to prepare for the pregame show, so just give me today. But if we play tomorrow, we can do that. We started a new segment last week that uh, is unique to BYU. And now it is week number one after we've watched actual football. Bring on our top five. It's the P5. top five non-P5 power rankings on BYU Sports Nation. Heated arguments among the selection committee this morning. And we they met late last night, early into this morning. A national committee. And have now pounded out the new top five non-P5 power rankings. In this week at number one, BYU. <laughs> after number a 25-point win at Connecticut, 35-10, to 10, <laughs> Taysom Hill. Over 400 yards total offense, five touchdowns. That's a career high. Cincinnati number two. They had a bye. They didn't lose, so we didn't drop them. They won't play until <laughs> September 12th. What the That's heck? so weird. That's so weird. Okay. Central Florida loses on a last-second field goal against Penn State. In Ireland, they fall to number three. They're still a good football team. If they had started their second-string quarterback, Justin Tolman. Holman. 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 They don't win. That they, they, they win like that, that game. They, Instead of Pete and, uh, Pete DeNovo? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Pete Van Valkenburg? No. Uh, Central Florida gave up 454 passing yards. That defense that we touted, nine returning starters from the top 20 defense. They got crushed by Christian Hackenberg. We keep them at three. Number four, Rakeem Cato and Marshall. Ooh, the Thundering they Herd the five. into the top five non-P5. A lot of people like them as the team to get in as the group of five team into the Access Bowls because they have a really easy schedule and a really good quarterback. And Louisiana Lafayette, one of the uh, best teams in the Sun Belt, hopefully the best team, they made this list. So they're number five. So Houston gets loses to Texas San Antonio in one of the worst football games played in the history of Houston football probably. They were terrible in their new stadium opener. Boise State, also out. Not impressive against Ole Miss, so they drop out. That's P5, non, the BYUSN top five non-P5. Texas San Antonio, the other, the team also receiving votes. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at this poll and I was like, man, these teams stink now. We had Houston and Boise State and it was a little better. Now we got Marshall. It's all fluid. What? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around, we've got a guy headed to the NFL. BYU Sports Nation Karma represent women's soccer at home today. And how about BYU women's volleyball nearing a top 10 showdown? Broom it. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You know what time it is, brother. Whoops! 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Daniel Sorensen made the Kansas City Chiefs 53-man roster over the weekend. Yeah. The Chiefs made their final cuts on Saturday. BYU Sports Nation, Karma. He also worked hard. Sorensen thanks BYU sent for the Karma. There are seven former Cougars on the NFL roster. Soccer. BYU women host Baylor today in a Labor Day match. 3 Eastern, 1 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio with the face of BYU soccer. That's you. Me. <laughs> and that women's lose volleyball. On the Whoa, we're going quick. The ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball team swept Toledo three games to none to win the Gold and Blue Players Challenge in Morgantown, West Virginia on Saturday. BYU played three matches, didn't lose a set. Be West Virginia and Uwe Pui as well. Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Holy cow, that is a mouthful. Future guests, on Friday, two-hour show, Harvey Unga will join us live in the flesh. And Johnny Harleen, yes, that Johnny Harleen, also head coach of the BYU women's volleyball team, Sean Olmstead, as his team prepares for number 4 Washington. Huge match on BYU TV Friday night. Wednesday, Michael Elisa will join us, BYU football all-access. And then uh, tomorrow, Jacob Jones of Fictionist. Chat about that uh, music video. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It's easy. Daniel Sorensen, undrafted free agent, yeah. makes the 53-man roster for the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll probably play in week one. That's awesome. Don't forget as well, tomorrow night, the debut of a brand-new sports show. After further review, one hour long film session with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and our analysts breaking down BYU's game against Connecticut, looking ahead to Texas with next-level digital telestration. It's going to be awesome. Tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Brand new show. Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. We've asked like four Twitter questions, so we're just going <laughs> to go with uh, the tweets now. At ELC06, it's obvious. Countdown to Nebraska. He wants us to go to next football well, season. let's start that after the season. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. At Dereal B. Hain. Countdown to at Big 12 Conference. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if BYU crushes Texas and uh, the Big 12 doesn't get into the college football playoff, maybe. At Ostreeter, countdown to Taysom Hill announcing his return for his senior year. Let's hope, right? In all seriousness, I saw one that I really like. Countdown to Texas, but using the number of hours. Mm, okay, that's not bad. Okay, hey, or thanks. basketball. Yeah. Thanks to all of it. Thanks to Trevor Maddich and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com. Check out our podcast. It's all really good. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Soren Holiday. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow in Radio Vision at noon Eastern on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Game week! Labor Day!